the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Name represents authority. One of the uh, scholars that I was reading up says, when the police stops you, he doesn't say, stop in the name of Bugs Bunny. You might stop, but it'd be probably from laughing so hard. What does he say? He says, stop in the name of the law. Because the law is a name that has authority. What's in a name? A rose by any other name would smell as sweet. Hi there, and welcome. This is Study Verse by Verse. Pastor Leighton Sheely, our pastor here at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, is continuing our series, Ten Keys to an Abundant Life. Over the past couple of programs, we have focused in on the first three commandments. Today, a final look before we move on to commandment number four next week. Here's Pastor Leighton with today's program. I say, thank you, Lord, that my wife knows how to cook really, really good. And thank you, Lord, that you give me taste buds to appreciate how good she can cook. And, I, and when I go to bed at night, I say, thank you, Lord, there's a roof over my head. And thank you, Lord, for this bed. And thank you for the clothes. And, and when I get up in the morning, I say, thank you for that sun. Thank you for that sky. Thank you for giving me sight. Thank you for making my sight in color so I can see your sky. An attitude, I don't need images to remind me of God because I am thanking God all through the day. Now, there's another word that's sometimes used today for idol. Uh, it's called addiction. Now, you remember the, the verse, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 2 says, Before you knew Christ, you were controlled by dead idols, and you were always led astray. What does addiction do? It controls you, and it leads you astray. Okay? Now, an addiction, uh, can, we can have an addiction to drugs or drinking or sex or sport or uh, work or television or, or many, many things. And Paul writes these words in Romans 8. He says, Those who let themselves be controlled by their lower nature live only to please themselves, but those who follow after the Holy Spirit find themselves doing those things that please God. Following after the Holy Spirit leads to life and peace. But following after the old nature leads to death because the old sinful nature within us is against God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. And that's why those who are still under the control of their old sinful selves, bent on following their old evil desires, can never please God. But you are not like that. You are controlled by your new nature if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that if someone doesn't have the Spirit of Christ living in him, he's not a Christian at all. You see, God wants us to be free of the control of anything and everyone so that we can be controlled by the new nature that he has given to us. There's a story told in Matthew 19 about a rich young man who came to Jesus saying, How can I be saved? And Jesus said, Well, how about the Ten Commandments? And the man said, well, I've kept every one of them since I was young. And Jesus said, really? Well, let's see. Let's start with the first one. Uh, do not worship any other gods besides me. Don't have anything that's more valuable than me. If you want to be perfect, go and sell all you have and give the money to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. But when the man heard this, he went away sadly because he had many possessions. You know, this rich young ruler had something that was more important or more valuable to him than the one who created him. 
possessions. His possessions possessed him. He was controlled by his possessions. He was an idol worshiper. And because he was an idol worshiper, he was not free to worship God alone. Commandment number three, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Now, why is it that God is so sensitive about his name? Well, let me suggest to you, a name represents three things, reputation, character, and authority. It represents your reputation. When someone has a good reputation, what do we say? We say, he has a good name. Somebody has a bad reputation, we say, he has a bad name. And the converse is also true. If you mention a name, you automatically associate it with a reputation. Hitler. Abraham Lincoln. You see? A name represents a reputation. And God protects his reputation. God is jealous of his reputation. A name also represents character. In fact, there were many times in the scriptures where God changed a person's name because their character had changed. Abram became Abraham. Jacob became Israel. Simon became Peter. Why? Because the old name fit the old character, but a transformation had taken place. There was a new character in this person, and the old name no longer applied. Names are very important. I thought an awful lot about names when I named my children. Sterling means pure. Crystal means pure. Name represents character. Name represents authority. One of the uh, scholars that I was reading up says, when the police stops you, he doesn't say, stop in the name of Bugs Bunny. <laughs> you might stop, but it'd be probably from laughing so hard. What does he say? He says, stop in the name of the law. Because the law is a name that has authority. And when God says, you, if you misuse my name, you're defaming my reputation, my character, and my authority. It's so serious to God in Leviticus 24, God says, he that blasphemeth the name of the Lord shall surely be put to death. Now, America uh, has really become a foul-mouthed nation. That's one of the most common applications of the scripture is cussing. In fact, a movie almost won't sell unless it has some cussing in it today. I was thinking about uh, Gone with the Wind. Who was the lead character? Clark Gable, was it? Something like that. They had to pay him extra for one line. I don't give a... And you know what the other word was, And if you've ever seen a movie. They don't have to pay extra for those these days. And there is an abundance of them. I, I was just this, this week, I happened to glance at the opening of Shrek. And I was preparing this message, so my eyes were particularly open to some things. I never got to the storyline. I was just opening the opening credits. You ought to do an inventory of the opening of Shrek sometime. Just, just the beginning. The body functions, things like that. And, and you'll realize that Disney has not really produced very many G-rated movies. Many of the movies that they're now producing are PG. Why? Because America has developed an appetite for foul language. You know, it's incredible how people's language change when there's a pastor around. <laughs> I was at a convention the last couple of weeks. It wasn't related to church work. I decided to do a little experiment and have a little fun. So I walked up, and the guys were talking. I'm listening, you know, just being one of the group and meeting around. A little while later, it's announced I'm a pastor. Oh, there was great discomfort. And there were some guys that it didn't matter what side of the room I was on, they were on the other side. You might have heard the story about the farmer who was late coming home to dinner, and the wife said, well, what happened? You have a problem with the horses? The wagon break down? What's, 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 what's the problem? The farmer said, no. On the way home, I offered a ride to the minister, and from that point on, the mules didn't understand a thing I said.
You know, our language shouldn't change depending on who we're with or where we're at. Because God is everywhere, and he hears everything. Now, in our study for this, I, I, I wanted to look at some of the rabbinic teachings on this. And I, and I, and I, I wish I had more time to, to, I mean, it's wonderfully insightful. I, I realized how little I know. Well, actually, I, don't, I realize that I know very little because I don't know how little I know compared to how much, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Let me read for you some of the excerpts. The Tetragrammaton is called God's proper name. Although God himself is absolutely unknowable and unnameable, the Tetragrammaton is his highest emanation in creation. It is therefore considered most sacred and is never pronounced as it is written, even in prayer. We're taught that one who pronounces the Tetragrammaton disrespectfully is worthy of death and has no portion in the world to come. The only place where the Tetragrammaton is ever used or pronounced as it is written is in the temple in Jerusalem. Now, if one accidentally says an unnecessary blessing or otherwise pronounces God's name in vain, he should show his reverence and make it into a praise by adding, Blessed be the name of his glorious kingdom forever and ever. So every time something would slip out and you realized you'd used the name of the Lord in vain, you would add this, Blessed be the name of his glorious kingdom forever and ever, so that it would turn it into a blessing. Just as we have reference for God's Hebrew names, so too we must have great respect for his name in any language. It is therefore customary not to pronounce God's name in any language except in prayer or study or when proclaiming his deeds. It is disrespectful to use God's name as part of a curse, an oath, or any other explicative such as the common expressions. You're familiar with enough of the common expressions that use the Lord's name in vain. Now, another item, covering one's head has customarily been a sign of respect and reverence before God. And for this reason, it's forbidden to pray or pronounce God's name in any manner with one's, heads, one's head uncovered. Since the custom only applies to a man, a woman need not cover her head to pray. Even when a woman does cover her hair, it is forbidden for her to wear a kippah. A kippah was the small cap that a Jewish man wears when he's worshiping. Since she may not wear any garments usually worn by a male. And because of their extreme seriousness, one should avoid all oaths entirely. One should therefore not use common expressions such as, I swear to. And similarly, one should not swear on the life of his children or his portion in the world to come. And whenever possible, one should even avoid speaking to a person who habitually swears. It's forbidden to use any foul or improper language. As the Torah is interpreted to say, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. Deuteronomy 23:15 let him speaking of God not find a vulgar word spoken among you. And then it wraps up with this thought. The power of speech is a gift from God. Only man is distinguished with the ability to speak, and this ability should not be taken lightly or used for anything degrading. Guard your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Psalms 34 the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we are so thankful that you have given to us your holy word, that you have given to us the Ten Commandments and so many others which provide for us guidelines to enjoy this life that you've intended us to enjoy to the max. And Lord, we are so thankful that our salvation is not dependent upon us keeping these Ten Commandments. For were it be this case, 
then all of us would be surely lost, for all of us have broken these laws. Thank you, Lord, for your graciousness to us, your goodness to us, your patience with us, your faithfulness. And thank you for placing within us your Holy Spirit, who is our teacher, and who is constantly at work in transforming us a little more into your image, that which you designed us to be. May it be that as we go forth from this place, we reflect your goodness and your grace and give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Well, that will close out today's look at our series called Ten Keys to an Abundant Life. It is our look at the Ten Commandments by our teacher and pastor, Leighton Sheely, from Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno. Questions, comments about our program? Maybe you'd like to know a bit more about Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno. We have a great place to get started for all of that information. It's highlands.us. Pretty simple. Highlands.us. Stop by, say hi, drop us an email, and get acquainted. And then come back and join us tomorrow for our Friday broadcast of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.